What's up, everybody? It's your Draft Queens, and we're coming in and we're bringing some madness today. Y'all, it is it is March. It's still March, but it's a very, very special time of March, Michelle, and it is the maddest March that I think we've ever had in recorded history. So uh, happy March Madness. Happy Sweet 16 this week. How are you feeling in the midst of all of this craziness? You know, Kate, I feel really glad that we're doing these shows bi-weekly because if we had to get into this tournament when there were 64 teams, it would have been V-stressful. So I'm very happy that we decided to do this bi-weekly and it couldn't be more perfect timing because we're literally on like the eve of the Sweet 16 when shit starts to get really juicy. Ah, and everything starts up again this Saturday, at least for men's NCAA March Madness. I mean, so what is your what has your consumption been like? Because I feel like I haven't stopped watching TV, except for so we record these on Thursdays and it's Thursday night. So I I didn't stop watching TV all weekend. All it's, weekend. It's really funny. We've so we had yeah, we had like the big screen TV on, we had it on the laptop. Yeah. We like yeah. were watching multiple games. And then, you know, it's there's two things I'm going to say because we have so many things to get through about March Madness and the tournament and beyond. But we had multi screens up and you still cannot keep up with it. It's insane when there's all of those games going on at the at the at one time. Props to the NCAA, their apps and everything are like amazing interface, like really awesome to like follow along. However, it's just a lot. And and then I started thinking like, why am I sitting here and watching the entire game? You know what you really need to watch? The last minute. Just watch the last minute yeah. of every game because that's where like the winners and the losers decided pretty much without fail. There were a few blowouts, but like you really need to watch the last minute and that's where you get the action and, and you know, that's the result right there. Well, isn't that what they say? That's what they've always said about football. You know, that's where I feel like I understand like the two minute drill for football and like and basketball. It's like watch the last couple minutes. Like I get it. Although I don't you know agree. basketball is so fast paced. Yeah, though. I don't really agree for football. But here's here's an idea I'm going to just throw out because it just came to the top of my brain oh, and that's what I do. Okay. So you know how they, you know how they have the uh they have the NFL red zone during the season and they just like bop you back and forth from game to game for the scoring plays, right? <gasps> there should do be they have that? They don't, but they should have it for NCAA tournament in my opinion. And even more so, like they there should be a really easy way to like multi-screen all the games that are in like the last like two minutes or something. I don't know cuz there's just too many games to watch the first round. It's insane. Wait. Whoever why? hears this, that's my brilliant idea. Whoever wants to call me and make it happen, we could do it. I was going to say I feel like you just gave up your best idea ever. Kate, for I have, like I have a lot of good ideas. That's just one of them. That's a really good one though. <laughs> that was like that was I like that idea a lot. Hmm. Well, that's a really good one, and uh, keep that in. Put that feather right in your cap, and come back to it at some point. I because, will. wow, I can't believe they don't have that. I also don't really know how many games happen at once. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like on Sunday at one o'clock, it's like many, many games. Is it the same for basketball? I mean, for the first round of the tournament, like I think at any given time, there's like four or maybe four or five games at at any given time again that's really like in the first like round or so because 
again, as it gets less and less, less games, whatever, it's not as hectic. But I really think for, like, the kickoff weekend, they need some some version of red zone where, like, they just flash all of them up there and you can oh. you can keep track. Because it's it's rough trying trying to wrap your head around all the different games going on. No, well, you know, we have so much coming up again this weekend. So March Madness starting up again this Saturday for men, and then the women have been playing all week long. So it's like, at one point, I feel like on Sunday, I uh, I had asked, um, where are the games on Monday and Tuesday? And someone was like, well, they have to go to school. I literally like had that still- same conversation with my husband. I was like, how come we're not watching any games? He's like, uh, they're in college. And I was like, right, right, right. Of course, they have to go to school. Yes, they're in college. And I was like, oh, okay, right. So anyway, <laughs> so they've been switching off. It's been a constant stream of of content but there's more to come and so today michelle we have a really jam-packed episode which i know we're going to get right into because we have so much to cover but as always we've got the huddle and then and then we're breaking down not just the sweet 16 march madness for the men but we have a very special guest at the end of today's episode uh to preview the women's sweet 16 as well. And uh, our guest Maria from SNY, she is a UConn expert. She follows UConn women's basketball. Like she is the guru when it comes to uh, women's NCAA. So I'm stoked to have her on the show. Yeah, this is going to be fun. I figured, you know what? We got we can't just talk men's basketball. We got to talk about the women's basketball. Shout out to Marist, who did lose my alma mater, but they won. Aww. Hey, they won the MAC tournament. They got in. They you know they played like a top seed. But you know what? Shout out. Good for them. Go Marist. Go Red Let's Foxes. Go. Let's go. Congratulations, Red Foxes, you little sweeties. That's a really cute <laughs> little, little mascot. sweeties. I know we're so scary. Those those scary <laughs> Red Foxes. But yeah, this is gonna be a fun episode. Uh, can't wait to preview. Uh, you know, men's and women's sweet 16 but but first and most important not most important but first we got to do the huddle we got to do the huddle let's fucking go let's get mad on this episode woo All right, we're keeping things mad today. This is going to be a big one, this huddle. And it is very different, actually, from huddles of of past, of yore, if you will. I think that's the old English term. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, so I'm going to stop speaking in old English. Michelle, you had something in mind today for this huddle, and it's not the traditional. Like, our traditional is the one minute on the clock. We read as many headlines across as many different sports as we can. But we're not doing that because there's also some madness happening in a different sport, and it's not just basketball. So what's your idea? I, I know you haven't explained it in full, but I think, I think I'm down for it. All right, so here's the deal. There have been so many NFL free agency moves that Kate and I felt like we had to bypass all the other sports headlines this week and make sure that we give you the latest and greatest on all the offseason moves that are happening. So I think I've written down what feels like a hundred different names and teams because frankly, there's been <laughs> that much happening in the free in the offseason. Legitimately. Oh, it's cr- legit. It's crazy. So we haven't been on the air in a minute. We've definitely been sharing these on our sh- social channels as they've been happening, but we figured now is the time to give you the up-to-date list of all of the things that have been happening. Obviously, these are all going to have massive fantasy implications, which we will talk about much later on, you know, in the season. But 
Now is the time to get through it. So I thought, Kate, since these are all very important pieces of information, instead of only giving ourselves a minute to get through it, I think we should time ourselves and see how long it takes us to read all of these. Different bit, a little bit of a different challenge. Okay, so then my only stipulation will be that we have to, even if you stumble, which we always stumble, but we know a lot of these names because, well, who knows? I haven't read them. Even if you stumble, you got to keep going. No stoppage. No, you get time. No time comes off the clock. There's no restarting right, and the no shot com- clock. And no like, commenting. I'm going to have to really bite my tongue because I think no I'm, I'm the worst commenter in between the in between oh headlines. Yes. So no commenting. Let's see how fast we can get through all of these. There's a ton and then we'll spill the tea on our thoughts and feelings on all of them at the end of the huddle. Yes, the huddle NFL edition. Let's go. I miss the NFL. Okay, so I, I've got my handy dandy timer that is just going to be ticking upwards when you say the word. Uh, if you count me down, uh, go ahead and take that first headline and we'll see how long it takes us to get through these. And there's a lot of bullets. So yeah, I'm a little scared, but we'll see. A lot of bullets, a lot of names, a lot of teams. Okay, am I reading the first one? Yeah, read the first one. Oh, All so right, I should you count me- you down. You count me down. Okay. All right. In three, two, one, go. Matthew Stafford to the Rams along with Deshaun Jackson. Carson Wentz to the Colts and Colts re-signed T.Y. Hilton and Marlon Mack. Jacoby Brissett, Will Fuller 5, and Malcolm Brown all to the Dolphins. The Bucks re-signed Tom, Gronk, Godwin, and Barrett. Kenny Galladay and Kyle Rudolph go to the Giants. Corey Davis, goddammit, goes to the Jets. Uh, Patriots add Nelson Algalore, Hunter Henry, and Jonu Smith. Andy Dalton to the Bears, baby. Packers re-signed Aaron Jones. Seahawks, Seahawks, re-signed Chris Carson. <laughs> Spelling. Steelers re-signed Juju Smith-Schuster. Brashard Perriman and Jamal Williams to the Lions. Uh, Kenyon Drake to the Raiders along with John Brown. Jared Cook to the Chargers. Uh, Mitch Trubisky and Emmanuel Sanders to the Bills. The Saints re-signed Jameis Winston. Carlos Hyde, Marvin Jones Jr. over to the Jags. J.J. Watt to the Cardinals. Cowboys re-signed Dak Prescott. And finally, in his 1,000th move in the league, Fitzmagic to the Washington fucking football team. Boom, stopping the clock. We are at 114. That's my birthday. Let's go. We read like 20 headlines. Let's go. (laughs) That was a success. Dude, honestly, like just reading this gets me so excited for like my brain is going a million different directions for like fantasy this year. I I mean, I feel like I always pay attention to this stuff in the offseason, but I don't, I don't know if I'm either paying no. extra attention this year or just more shit's happening, but like this list is crazy and it's as it's as complete as I could make it complete. There's plenty of other things. I'm sorry for like linebackers and offensive linemen. I didn't add you here. Mm-hmm. I apologize. This is mostly yeah. the 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 quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs, tight ends, like that kind of stuff. But I mean, this list is exhausting. Sorry, I just did a go big water. Um, <laughs> she's, she's sweating. Yes, she's sweating it, after the huddle. <laughs> yes, this list is exhausting. And moreover, um, this is definitely a year like no other. I think I tweeted the other day at our Draft Queens 
Twitter account at the draft queens with an underscore between the and draft. And um, I think I tweeted that I just, I cannot keep up with what is going on right now in the league. It's crazy. I do not know who's on which team. So I was really stoked when you broke up, you brought up this idea of doing the huddle NFL edition because I don't know who's on any team. So I need a roundup because it's just absolute wild mayhem between that too. And, and also the NBA trade deadline, which is, I think if not today, it's tomorrow. Um, been yesterday, I guess for (laughs) those listening, but what the fuck is going on mm-hmm. it's so much stuff it's I think so it's, much stuff it's- i think it's fun i think it's i think this is super fun there's definitely some like early winners and early losers in all of this i honestly i'm really sad to say for you i think your titans are losers in all of this like big losers yikes. big losers we're focusing yeah i feel like the titans are big losers coming out of this um i think the texans are gonna have a really really difficult time next year and we're not even getting into deshaun watson on this show not today not today Um, there's a a lot more break off on on deshaun watson at this point yeah it seems like there's a lot more coming too so we're not covering that today but um yeah i would say titans are losers texans are losers who are our winners? Like, I, I mean, Cardinals, right? I think the Cardinals, you know, defensively, especially this year, obviously their their offense has been pretty, you know, was pretty strong. They 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 lost Kenyon Drake, you know, to the Raiders. Um, but you know, I think they're you know really investing in 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 their defense, which you know uh, is is really going to help. Um, I think you know the Bucks are obviously making it real clear they want to make another another run at it next year and re-signing you know the big the big names. And we talked about Godwin. Being tagged as a franchise player last week, I think mm-hmm. they're making the right moves. I think the Patriots are trying. I, I think with additions like Algalore, Hunter Henry, and Janu, I mean, you know, they like their tight ends, and now they've got two really, really good tight ends. You know, and they yeah. they re-signed James White, so they've got you know some strength in the backfield. I think adding Nelson Algalore is a good look for 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 them and. You know, uh, Bill Belichick was aggressive and trying to get Cam some some backup. Man, he needs people to, to play. Yeah, it sounds like um, there's there's some spend to be spent, and he is certainly not being conservative about it. So he's spending all that money. My boy, Eman- um, so my boy Emmanuel agree. Sanders over to the Bills. You know how much I love Emmanuel Sanders. I think that look the guy hustles. I think I think that's going to be really fun for him over there to play with Josh Allen. This is going to, I mean, it's all going to be a lot of fun. I will say, though, as we prep for a new season, I think there's going to have to be like double the prep to talk about football (laughs) because it does get really confusing when the guys like switch teams and get traded. But even more so, I can't full, I'm still not fully there. You know, this is a lot of names. It's going to take a lot of It's going to take a lot of getting used to. Um, Another loser. think the bears getting andy dalton i think oh my god (laughs) oh my god and he is the qb1 i know they 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 made that official so good good for the bears i guess over there uh happy for dak getting re-signed to a a nice little package over there in dallas after a a letdown you know year that that's a good one and yeah i mean there's definitely some winners there's definitely some losers and there's definitely a lot more to come so we wanted to give you everything that we could get in for uh, for right now and who knows maybe we'll have to do another roundup uh you know as we get closer to the uh, to the season yeah and maybe just an evaluation like are there uh, there's still more to be solidified i feel like but still like 
the I don't know how some of these teams will shake out. Like the recent news of Drew Brees not playing anymore, and like listening in to see if Jameis Winston getting re-signed really means that he's the QB one. Or is it going to be Taysom Hill? Like, we really just don't know. And there's so many of these slot positions that we just haven't fully determined who's starting versus who's not. So I'll be excited to hear that, too, and see that, too, and how these different depth charts are sort of shaken out here. Um, But so many moves. And holy shit, this is exciting. This is the most mad March I've ever had. This is so great. It's so great. The maddest March uh, there ever was. And speaking of March Madness, uh, I, think, yes. I think we should, uh, you know, kick off our, our Sweet 16 preview convo here. Okay, so do you want to start, let's start talking about uh, men's NCAA first, and then we'll get into uh, some lady ballers. Sounds good to me. Yeah. All right, we've been using a lot of the terms March and Madness and NCAA, uh, which mm-hmm. which all is common vernacular maybe to Kate and I, but perhaps not everyone is familiar with March Madness, its history. Obviously, I think you could put two and two together that it happens in March, so we don't have to give you that piece of it. But we thought right. on our Sweet 16 preview episode, we should give a little bit of a breakdown of what March Madness is, how long it's been in existence, couple of little fun facts, you know, that water cooler conversation to make you, you know, up to speed on on what's going on before we jump into this year's bracket preview. I think that's right. And I think the reason for that, we're at a really good juncture here. Sweet 16 is really exciting, as is everything leading up, right? Like first round, seeing all those upsets, so much fun. Seeing things getting whittled down in the next round, 32, so much fun. But I will say, like, there is a lot to learn about March Madness. And I also don't think it's even a stupid question. None of this is stupid questions because... You know, Oktoberfest is called October, and it's in September. So, like, maybe March Madness goes into April. I mean, like, hey, who to, knows? Be, to so... be fair, the final four, the, you know, it, it goes, it does go into April, but the madness kicks off in in, in March, um, and <laughs> and yeah, it it on it, it actually kicks off like the second week in March, uh, which it which the official kickoff to it is called Selection Sunday, and Selection Sunday is where they actually decide the teams the 64 teams 64 men's teams 64 women's teams like that are going to actually play in the tournament honestly speaking i wanted to get a little bit more in detail about how they choose the teams but it is really confusing and i did and honestly like it's not as straightforward as you would think it is it certainly is somewhat based on your ranking in your division and your record but there are a series of people that are on a board and committees and they they put in uh votes for other teams that they think should be in and then they go through the seating i'm giving you the really like kindergarten version of this because it's very confusing um so don't feel silly if you're confused of how these teams get chosen it's not as obvious as it seems um but each each men's and women's uh side of the ncaa has a committee that helps with the deciding of who the teams will be based on play and then will also help with the seeding. And that's where you get the bracket, which is what everybody talks about, um, where you see all the matchups. But that's really, Selection Sunday is really the kickoff to the NCAA tournaments on both sides. 
Yeah, and there's ton that there is a ton that goes into it behind the scenes, but it's really I mean, technically, you also like we start with 68 teams because the oh, other sorry, four 60, teams yes, will right. play. No, no, but you're spot on because there's teams behind the scenes that will like play for the 16 seed. So it's all this nuance and all this stuff. Really, the most important thing is that the men have 64 teams to start in those brackets and the women have 64 teams to start in their bracket. And that is what March Madness is, right? Like that's that's what we all focus on. Exactly, exactly. And so we've looked back a little bit at the history and um, the the first NCAA Mind you, these are both Division One. So all the teams that we're talking about here are Division One teams. Obviously, different different schools, different divisions. These are you know D one schools. Um, the first NCAA Division One men's tournament was played in 1939, and it only had hmm. eight teams. Eight. Huh. That's crazy. It's so interesting that it started then, and also it only had eight teams because that's when like football stopped for a while when we were going through the world wars but we can yeah anyway that's, interesting that's neither here nor there well but that's super cool 1939 eight teams in mm-hmm. in 1951 they doubled it and grew it to 16 teams 1975 mm-hmm. they grew it to 32 teams and then in 1985 what a wonderful year because that is when i was born they they expanded it to its current size. Oh my god! Now everybody knows how old I am. I probably shouldn't have done that. It's fine. Oh my god! Why did you say that? I don't on know. The microphone. I don't know. I. You know wow. what? Wow! You're lucky we don't have trolls. We don't <laughs> no. Have trolls, yeah. Exactly. But... Exactly. <laughs> anyway, in 1985, the greatest year there ever was. <laughs> it grew uh, to what its current size is, which is 64 teams. So you kind of can see yes. the progression there. Almost like every 20 years or so, uh, 15, 20 years, they they added more, and it hasn't it hasn't changed since 1985. On the flip side. The NCAA Division I Women's Basketball Tournament um, started its inaugural uh, tournament in uh, 1981. So that took a while to, to catch up, as I guess it sometimes does in, in women's sports. Um, so they came, you know, solid like 40 or 50 years after um, and, you know, have been up and running ever since. So it's kind of crazy, right, to think about like how long it's been happening for and it obviously, you know, it took a few years on the men's side to evolve to what it is today. And then here come here came the women a few years later. And, uh, you know, that's that's the evolution. That's the beginnings of the NCAA tournaments for the men and the women. Yes. And they are very much they are very much similar uh, and very different at the same time. But, you know, it's like very much similar. They're kind of spitting images of each other in terms of how the, the play style and like the game doesn't change a heck of a lot from men to women. So, Sing- like, yeah, single, super exciting. Single game elimination. Um, and then just to give you an overview of how the calendar looks like Kate and I were just talking about, it kicks off in March with Selection Sunday. That's where you know all the teams that are going to be participating. Um, the men have a play-in round, as Kate mentioned, um, to to finalize the last four teams that are going to get in. The women do not have that. And then you've got uh, about a week or so worth of, like, the first two rounds, which, like, Kate and I were talking about. That's the real madness part because there's just so many Absolute games madness. happening. Chaos. Chaos. Uh, and then from there you get into <laughs> the Sweet 16, the Elite 8, the Final Four, and then the championship. So it 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 yeah. it runs into April, but the real the real meat of the madness is in March. Yeah. And I think that you and I can speak to the men's bracket pretty well. 
And then that's why, and we're bringing on Maria later in the show to talk about the women too. So we can start with the men just because I feel like you and I have a pretty firm grasp on that. And then we'll bring in an expert to uh, supplement us. But there's a couple things that I, I didn't know about the men's NCAA bracket. So there's a, a bunch of fun facts we could throw out there, but just to start to like quantify what the numbers look like, like what are some of the, the men's tournament facts that we should know? Um, one of the ones that I thought was really interesting that you had told me is, um, the all time leading scorer for the men in the NCAA tournament is this guy Christian Leitner? Yeah, Lettner? Christian sure Leitner, dude. That right. Pro- yeah, Christian Leitner. You probably haven't like haven't heard that name in a while. Obviously, he went on to play in the NBA. There's also, a lot of these people. He was I, a huge, I think of like all. Yeah, he, he was a huge OG, huge name in 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 uh, you know at Duke, um, and and the all time leading scorer in in the tournament, which is crazy. I mean, think about it. If you if you make the team as a freshman and you play at Duke, you're probably playing in four years. You know, four different yeah. years worth of uh, of the tournament, and. Obviously, uh, Duke has won many a tournament, uh, so many, in fact, that uh, Coach Mike Krzyzewski um, has the most NC Coach uh, K. Coach K, most NCAA tournament wins by a single coach with 97. So, again, like when you think about how many years it's been happening, a team like Duke is pretty much in the tournament every year and does fairly well. Um, so hence, hence why Christian Leitner has so many points and hence why coach K has so many wins. points, 407 points. That is a lot of fucking points in a tournament. So not in a game, just to be very clear, not a 407 point game, but 407 points in a tournament is amazing. And actually kind of why I feel like this year's tournament, which we can get right into, it's like, it's really crazy because Duke is not in it. And so the playing field, even in that, is even more even. Like, Duke is usually, like, far and away. Coach K and his band of broods <laughs> at Duke are always always in the top slot. So this year feels, to me, really different, even with that one omission. Someone on Duke had COVID and had to pull out from the tournament, among other teams. And so I think that's super interesting, Michelle. But I'd be curious, like, if there's anything you want to get into to start talking about the tournament. Like, what's interesting to you? I mean, the last the, the last fun fact I want to throw out there is the fact that both the um, – on the women's side and the men's side, the two teams that sit atop, like, with the most tournament wins – on the men's side, it's UCLA. On the women's side, it's UConn. So, again, in our women's preview, uh, I'm sure Maria will talk about this some more. Um, but both of those teams have won 11 uh, national championships uh, for the men and the women. So, really interesting. Top of their classes yeah. over there. Uh, constantly, you know, in competition. Um, speaking of which, let's look at the men's bracket for for where we're at for the Sweet 16. We just talked about how Duke is not in the tournament. We also just talked about how uh, UCLA has won the most with 11 in in men's history. Uh, they are in the Sweet 16 this year. They're ranked 11, UCLA. They're playing Alabama number two. Not feeling great for them. But you know what? A lot of brackets have been busted, Kate. We haven't talked about this oh yet. But, like, a lot of brackets I'm have been busted. Up. There's been some crazy upsets. Uh, I'm looking at this Sweet 16 preview, and the name that jumps out to me that busted a lot of people's brackets is Oral Roberts. Who are you? Where are you? What is Oral Roberts? I literally have never heard of this in my life. 
Who are you? Why are you here? Who invited you to this party? How did you get this invite? I don't know. I don't just don't have any idea who the fuck Oral Roberts is. Honestly, props absolutely, to props to like, anyone listening to this that picked Oral Roberts as like the a big upset anything. because you know what? You're laughing and you got it right. Most people did not, and that totally busted up a lot, a lot of brackets early on in this uh, so, in this tournament. Remind me who, so did they beat, no, no, they didn't. Uh, who beat them? Like, or I'm sorry, who did they beat to get, which team was it? Was it Ohio State? Is that the first big upset that happened? That was the big, that I, was, I don't, yeah, yes. They beat. That was, was the big one. It was 15, a 15 seed or or Roberts beats Ohio State, number two seed. There how, we go. How many people probably had Ohio State going to at least at least the elite eight, probably beyond that, and they got busted mm-hmm. up in the first. It's crazy in in the very first round. So like, watch out for Oral Roberts. They've already had a couple of upsets. Number fifteen, they are they're actually the they are the lowest seed left in the men's bracket at fifteen, um, and they will be taking on Arkansas, number three seed. Who knows? I. It's kind of crazy. Like I'm looking at my bracket right now, and I gotta tell you, my Midwest. And so am I. My Midwest has so many red X's. I, I don't. I can't. And even so does look my South. My South is really jacked up too. I'm not gonna lie. My South is is really jacked up. You know, I took a flyer. Yeah. I took a flyer on Colgate in the first round against Arkansas. That didn't really go well for me. I don't know. You just have to. You have to assume there's gonna be some upsets. I just picked the wrong upsets, and that Oral Roberts one was a huge, huge one. Well, for the games that we have coming up, and also for those of you who do not watch the tournament, I I don't know if I would recommend like watching it back necessarily, but oh my goodness, watch the upcoming games. Watch Oral Roberts against Arkansas. Like there is nothing better than the sweet, sweet feeling of an upset <laughs> and like going down to those buzzer beaters. I mean, watch these games. So we've so, got some we've got some exciting ones coming up. I, I'm gonna call out one that I think would be really good for our listeners to watch, and also who I have winning my bracket is uh, Florida State versus Michigan. And I've got Michigan. Michigan, who's the number one seed uh, in their division. They're in the East. And then Florida State, number four seed, also in the East, obviously. Um, they are playing each other for, yeah, and I think it's going to be a really fun game. I think they are both really great teams. And if you're looking for like a nail biter, that's going to be a really good one. I'm stoked about that. Yeah, I think that's going to be a good one. Uh, I've got eyes on the Creighton uh, versus Gonzaga game. Uh, Creighton is ranked number five. Gonzaga is ranked number one. Gonzaga is undefeated. I have them winning the whole thing. Let's see what happens. They've o- they've already been on a tear, uh, but Creighton's been playing really well. So I've got my eyes on that Creighton-Gonzaga game. I mean, hello, New York. Props to Syracuse. Syracuse uh, had some upda- um, upsets going in. They're they're playing number two seed Houston. I mean, who wouldn't love to see the New York Orange men get through, baby? I would really love that. In fact, uh, my mother went there. So hello, Nancy, if you're listening. Who knows? <laughs> uh, but also, I doubt it. <laughs> um, but uh, I would love to see... I was going to say, like, who are your upsets in this? Mine is definitely... My hope is for Syracuse and 
God willing, like Oral Roberts, like pun intended, I guess, since it's a Jesuit school, I think, or something to that effect. I, I but, mean, uh, it'd be pretty, it'd be pretty funny to see Oral Roberts win. Honestly, like just keep on trucking. Um, I have an upset alert that I hope is going to happen. Uh, Villan- alert, alert, Vi- alert. Villanova ranked number five, playing number one Baylor. Let's go Nova. I've got them going pretty far in my bracket. So I hope that that could potentially be an upset. I would love to see Syracuse upset Houston. Um, the the closest ranking, again, if you will, just, you know, based on the seeds, is this Oregon-USC mm-hmm. um, game. So Oregon's ranked seven. USC is ranked number six. Of all the of all the games that are happening within the Sweet 16 on the men's side, that is the closest matched. So I would say, again, if you're already watching, I'm sure you're fully invested in all of these. If you're not watching, that could be a really interesting one too because those teams are so you know closely matched. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who else didn't we talk about here? I think, oh, we didn't talk about, uh, we've got Oregon State uh, versus Loyola, a 12 seed versus an 8 seed. Maybe the bottom, bottom of the barrel, you know, kind of battle there, like a little bit of the lower ranks, but. Yeah, yeah, it's scrappy. At this point, you know, the rankings only mean so much because you're already in the Sweet 16, right? Like these are the rankings that were given to you at the beginning of the tournament. At this point, you know what? You're in the Sweet 16. So it's neither here yes. nor there, I feel, but you know, we're just, we're just giving you the, the facts here. But as a reminder, Kate, who do you have winning the whole thing because by the next time we're on the air we will have gone through the sweet 16 the elite eight the final four the next time we chat with y'all we'll have a winner champion so i'm just curious not to get too far ahead of ourselves but who do you have taking home the whole thing okay i will tell you and i feel confident in this super confident so all of my final four People except one have been knocked out. Ooh, I have you got one. I you know. got one thing left here. Woo! I have one golden egg in my basket, and it is not the Illini. It is not the Fighting Illini who got knocked out already. It is not Ohio State Buckeyes who got knocked out already. It is not the Kansas Jayhawks who got knocked out already. Oof. It is the Michigan Wolverines That's your and. Team. That's my team. It's always my, I always bet big on Michigan. I'm super excited if, I mean, you, Michelle, must be a Michigan fan because of Tom Brady, but all things considered. And Derek Jeter. uh, Oh, no shit. Come on. Really? Yeah. I don't know. There's like a whole different bracket we should be doing too with like, (laughs) with mascots and stuff. And yeah, there's, I did not know that. But anyway. Uh, my money is all in 100% on the Michigan Wolverines, and I look forward to them taking home taking home the trophy in the big game. All right. How all about right. you? Who are, who are you betting big on? I do have – so of the of all the teams left, I have three, three of the four that I picked to be in the final four are still in. I've got Nova, Gonzaga, Michigan, and then I had uh, uh, WVU, but they are out, unfortunately. I lost that one. Um, so I'm with you on Michigan. I have them going to the final four. Uh, however, I do have Gonzaga taking home the whole thing. Let's go. I could see that happening. Your bracket looks good aside from it, do- like- it doesn't. There's a lot of X's. I just luckily yeah. kind of my final four is like fairly well intact. Fairly well. 
it is. You made some good bets. And I think that a lot of people's brackets are bright red. So I'm like really glad that I didn't bet on, uh, usually I'll I'll bet every year and I'll make a bracket, but this year, uh, it's just, it couldn't happen, but I like your bets. And, uh, Gonzaga is just notorious for bringing home the W's. So it could be good. Well, everyone, that's, that's some tidbits about that's all we got. How the tournament started, <laughs> some of the biggest and the best in the game since it's been up and running. Um, that is Kate and I's hot take on who we think's going to the Final Four and winning. And uh, and now it's time to get into uh, to the women's side of the bracket. Let's do it. All right, everyone, as promised, this entire episode and the reason we are all here today is because we now have a very special guest on the mic, Maria Marino, who is also a guru of Yukon women's basketball, also a reporter and covers New York sports on SNY. Maria, thank you so much for being on Draft Queens. We're so glad to have you. Thank you very much for having me. I'm so excited to finally meet you guys virtually and do this thing. <laughs> uh, we've been talking about it for like literally a year. So those of you who have been with Draft Queens for the last couple years, like you already know, but we have been trying to bring Maria onto the show for one full calendar year before everything exploded with COVID and the world kind of broke down. But Here we are a year later, we're ready to do the thing, and uh, we are stoked to talk about, we've already kind of gotten into like men's basketball for NCAA, but we are so stoked to talk about the women and just hear more about like, not just what's going on in the Sweet 16 and what's happening in the tournament, but just the larger paradigm shift between like men's basketball versus women's basketball and like whatever synergizing is actually happening there. Um, So you're the expert. We'd love to hear from you. Well, I'm sure more people have heard about women's basketball over the past week or two than (laughs) probably have in a long, long time. And unfortunately, it was because of something negative, but it's going to lead to something positive. So I think I'm trying to keep that in mind. Um, And so I'm sure you've seen a lot of the visuals on social media and some of the outrage from professional basketball players, male and female, but... (laughs) There's just been inequity across the board that's been pointed out through this strange bubble experience that we've had um, for both the men's and women's tournaments. And the women's tournament is down in San Antonio. And, you know, I remember this news coming out in December that they were planning to have that be the site. And the official news came out um, six weeks prior to the tournament starting. So there was certainly ample time to make preparations, although um, although it's it's very tough to do. You know, we don't want to um, forget just how crazy things yeah. are during the COVID nineteen pandemic. But yeah, you know, it, this wasn't like something that was planned overnight, and so um, I, I think what was so jarring about the whole um, the whole thing was just how sad (laughs) it was when you saw the image of like this one dumbbell rack that went up to 30 pounds versus literally an entire like warehouse size, almost Olympic caliber facility for the men when you're talking about weight training. And so 
you know, the thing is like, even if they had done like a halfway decent job, you know, and gotten like, just like a somewhat respectable looking area of weight training, maybe this wouldn't have blown up as much as it did. But that being said, I do think there's a positive, like I said, to come out of it because then we start to look at everything a little bit closer. And we have social media now. A lot of these athletes are dialed in on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter and everything. So you're starting to see like, wait, like our food kind of sucks compared to the men's or like um, the swag bags. Like, I don't know if you guys noticed there was like a side-by-side of like a swag bag for a female versus male. And again, like if you're, if I was one of those female players, uh, women's athletes, like, and I got my swag bag, I'd be like, oh yeah, this is pretty nice. Like there's some good stuff in here. And then I'm like, oh wait, I look over at the men's and I'm like, that's not cool. You know, they got like all this other stuff. Um, And then I think it got even worse when we heard about the difference between COVID testing. I don't know if you guys heard this, but like the men's side were getting PCR tests, which are far more accurate. The women's side were getting um, the rapid tests, rapid antigen tests. And it's like, well, well, hold on a second. Like that's like people's health. But, and I'm not saying that this is all done consciously or on purpose or um, maliciously in any way. But what it does is it just, it makes you wonder like, was the women's side in a lot of ways more of an afterthought and that's not okay like that's just not good enough and again like with regarding the COVID testing like the NCAA said it had something to do with like whatever facility was nearby whatever whatever um I don't know but um there's also the idea of um branding for the NCAA tournament um Michelle I know you're familiar with this like there's an app for March Madness but it only features men's information and, and men's games. And, you know, we were looking at and turning on the TVs and we see on the court, like on the men's game, the, the center of the court says March Madness, right. right? And there's like a bracket and it's like this really cool logo. And then on the women's side, it says uh, women's basketball <laughs> on like the center of the court. And this is kind of funny to me because like, as you know, I, I cover UConn and the associate head coach there is Chris Daly. She was filling in for Gino Oriema because he had actually tested positive for COVID right before the tournament started. So he missed the first two rounds um, of play. Mm-hmm. But somebody asked her about it, like about this logo difference. And she was like, yeah, she's like, it's kind of embarrassing. It's like, you know, we're women. Like you don't have to have it say women's basketball like, on, the, on the court. And, yes. And look, I'm not saying that like, it's, it's not so horrible that it says women's basketball, but the point is that March Madness is a marketing tool right. that makes a ton of money. And yes. there's actually a report in the Wall Street Journal. See, I'm thinking I work in TV and I'm thinking, oh, you know, maybe it has to do with the TV deals. Like, okay, um, like the women's tournaments on ABC and ESPN yep. and the, the men's tournaments on CBS and Turner. I'm like, maybe it has something to do with their TV deals, like why the logo is different. Mm. But, but no, the NCAA actually has um, the ability to use the term March Madness for both men's and women's and opted not to, even when reportedly uh, they were pressed at least on one occasion by officials um, who requested to use it for the women. So it's like all these things and you're just like, okay, so look, I don't want to harp on it too much because I want... Um, you know, I want to get into the the play and the, and the athletes who deserve the attention, but 
it just, um, I think it was a necessary thing that now is going to prompt some change. And um, the NCAA also announced um, Thursday that they are going to do it and they're hiring um, like an outside firm to do a complete review, like internal review of like how resources are being allocated, who's making decisions and whatnot. And um, so take that as you will, um, but, but actions being taken and, you know, all in all, you end up getting a lot more attention, albeit it was like disappointing at first, yeah. but, um, and, and you get into the debate and gosh, I have not stopped talking for like <laughs> five whole minutes, but <laughs> It's but, important. <laughs> we love it. We need yeah, yeah. this. This is why, you know, like the airtime is important because we have to talk yeah. about this stuff and like yeah. appreciate you for kind of clearing that visibility for the folks who maybe don't, you know, don't pay as much attention. Well, it's because, really important. I mean, honestly, you would think you you see NCAA and you think that it's one big umbrella that all work together. But clearly, just based on the things that you've outlined, like there's there's a bridge that's not being gapped here, right? You know, the March Madness usage, the 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 weight room usage, the the opening of the app that is like a beautiful, amazing app that I'm sure they got tons of money for, but you can't find the women in there. So, you know, it, it seems like it would be super simple and it seems like these things should be happening under the NCAA umbrella and, and providing, you know, equal opportunity and, and visibility for both of these tournaments because it's all NCAA. It's literally happening at the same time. You can't even say like, oh, well, the men's happens in March and the women's happens at another time. So we can't really cross promote. Like, literally, this is probably the easiest logistical thing to to overlap for these two tournaments. And the fact that they're not doing it is is certainly something to talk about. And not only that, Michelle, I think it's interesting to know that they opted not to include the women's side in the branding March Madness when a smart investment on their part would have been to do so, right? Because we see there are metrics out there that show that despite a lot of inequities in terms of media coverage, in terms of marketing, um, all of these things, women's sports and women's basketball, it's the popularity is growing. We see ratings increases. I mean, WNBA is the only professional league that actually saw ratings increases during 2020, this COVID-19 year. Yeah. And it wasn't, it's still, the ratings still pale in comparison to the men's leagues, but it's still significant to note that every other professional league saw dramatic, dramatic drops in ratings and the WNBA actually increased. So and, and that's just one example. Yeah. There are so many signs out there. And, you know, a lot of people aren't necessarily, you know, a lot of people aren't necessarily interested in doing the research. They just want to give out the old tired takes that we hear yeah. that nobody cares, nobody watches. And it's like, actually, there are signs that people do care and, and people do watch. And um, the other thing it's that, again, I, I just think it's so important to bring up while I'm on this soapbox is that... <laughs> With the NCAA in particular, this is not a professional league. Right. Um, there is a federal law out there called Title IX right. <laughs> in which educational institutions um, are prohibited from uh, sex discrimination. And so I think a really common argument when certain things come up, and I, I understand why, I, I think a popular thing is like, well, they don't bring in as much money as the men. Right, now, right. Always the I argument. Know, look, Always the argument, right? Yep. Right. 
Right. Now, again, this is the NCAA. That point is essentially moot for the WM or for not the WMA, for the NCAA. Um, because again, this is not a professional league. These are amateur athletes. They are not paid. So female athletes that go to a certain university get the same treatment in theory as, as male athletes. So that's number one. And number two, you know, if you actually invest some time, you know, it's so funny. (laughs) I follow all these women's basketball related accounts because I'm obviously really into it on Instagram and stuff. And like, I saw an ad for the men's tournament on my Insta. And I was like, it just got me wondering because again, rightfully so now we're asking a lot of questions. I'm like wondering to myself, I wonder if NCAA took out any, you know, ads for the women's tournament. I don't know that for a fact, whether they did or didn't, but it got me wondering because I'm like, I would certainly, you would think my algorithm would be like, in that. We know what she's doing. Yeah, because like I follow like all these things. So I just, you know, you just start wondering like marketing wise, like how, how does, how does this work? And um, look, I, I tweeted about the this the other day and um this i'll 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 stop ranting in a moment but it's just um you know the the ncaa tournament for the men they had a 40-year head start on the women and the nba had a a, i think it was a 50-year head start on the nba and it's like things are so have been so ingrained and so set for so long that we actually like we all needs to evaluate. And I mean, we by like decision makers, yeah. media gatekeepers, people at the top of corporations, whatever you want to call it, you need to start reevaluating because it's not enough to do what you've always done yep. anymore. Yep. Like, because it, number one, it's, it's not fair. And number two, like you have a great product out there that's growing. And, you know, someone pointed out this, this to me, um, actually it was, um, in a report that I read, um, from the Wall Street Journal talking about the March Madness uh, situation, like the TV deal for CBS and Turner brings in like a billion dollars a year or something outrageous like that. Right. The women's for ESPN, um, I think the deal is for um, 500 million. And it's like over, over a span of years, so like 35 million a year. Um, so obviously there's like this grave disparity there but $500 million isn't something to scoff at either. Not at all. Like you're bringing right. in some money and you're just getting started. So I just feel like the, the opportunity is there for growth. And, you know, um, it's just so clear this week that the playing field hasn't been level. Right. So when you say that, that they haven't brought in as much money, it's like, all right, we'll give them the same marketing, give them the same advertising exactly. and all of these things, give them the same facilities. Like, and then see what happens. Right. Um, so that's just something to keep in mind. And I'm sure if there was somebody out there on the other side of this listening to me, I'm sure they'd have, you know, a million things to, to snap back at me about. But you know what? I'm on, you know, drafting this podcast <laughs> and you they don't they don't have an opportunity to respond right now. So save it for the save it for Twitter. <laughs> you're pre you're preaching to the choir. This everything you're saying is <laughs> look, this is why we created this show. This is why we have these conversations, you know, because you're right. Everybody says that the playing field they're working on it. It's being, it's like, just work on it faster, guys. I mean, to your point, the, most of these leagues are 30, 40, 50 years behind the men's and they've made that many stri- that much 
stride in little time. Like, mm-hmm. just give him a little more opportunity, and who knows how quickly it catches up. Isn't that a win for everybody? The people that want money, the people that want ratings, the athletes themselves, it's really just a win for everybody. It's not going to cannibalize one or the other. You know what I mean? Absolutely, and I think a lot of companies are seeing, a lot of um, media organizations are seeing, like, there's value in jumping on this bandwagon now because like it's happening. It it may be slow and steady, but it's happening. And so it's like, get in now, you know, before you miss out on like really smart business. Yes, for sure. For sure. Well, listen, we, we have to have the conversation (laughs) about equity. We absolutely do. And no, no, we, we have to have it. And we could go for a million minutes on it literally. And because it is so important. So we like, we so appreciate your POV and even moreover, I am so thrilled to start learning more about women's basketball. Like who to be watching out for? What should we be looking for in the (laughs) tournament? We're in the sweet 16. I was saying to Michelle earlier, like it's the maddest March madness that I've ever encountered. Um, so you know, we know who's in the sweet 16. I would love to know from you, Maria, like, who are we looking for? Who are the hot shots? Who are like the possible upsets? Like where should we be looking to watch some of these games? So I have great news for anyone that doesn't know a whole lot of, about women's basketball. So put this in your captions or whatever, the timestamp of this part of the podcast for people that don't know. <laughs> um, you have an amazing opportunity to get a glimpse of how great this product is this weekend. So disclaimer, you know, I don't only cover women's basketball for those who might think I'm just an obsessive nut about women's (laughs) basketball. I am a fan of basketball, period. And I got into this business because I became obsessed with like NBA. And it wasn't until a little bit later that I started like covering WNBA. And then when I got hired at SNY, I actually did a season covering the men's side. Um, I did a handful of games. Uh, on the sideline and then um, last year moved over to the women's side so again I love ball and I literally just spoke out loud earlier on on Thursday I was like I can't remember the last time I've been more excited for a game that's awesome so let me tell you love it let me tell you what this game is okay (laughs) oh my gosh okay I'm telling you what so not to discount any of the other matchups in the Sweet 16, because there are a lot of great ones. And let me just say, um, you know, there were some upsets in the first round. People like to say that, you know, women's basketball is not that competitive, but there were some upsets. And there's actually, there's like legitimately, there's legitimately a handful of really great teams that could win this whole thing. But the matchup that I have my like heart set on that I'm just hoping so badly that it lives up to the hype that I'm, uh, I guess, creating in my mind (laughs) (laughs) and that's being, and that's being created in the the social media abyss is um, it's a game at 1 PM Eastern on ABC. So we're talking big time on Saturday. And we will see um, one-seeded Yukon against fifth-seeded Iowa in the Riverwalk region of the Tourney. Now, a lot of people know Yukon, obviously. Obviously. They've won 11 national titles. Um, and, you know, because of that, they, you know, they have a media deal with SNY. Not a lot of, you know, mm. collegiate programs have TV deals like that. Um, 
but you know, if you've ever been to Connecticut, like <laughs> basketball in general is it's, it's crazy, crazy times up there. And, um, so, you know, people are aware, but there's a, uh, this squad, Iowa, um, has, um, one of the best players in the country and her name's Caitlin Clark. She led division one in scoring this season at almost 27 points per game. Um, on UConn, there's another um, freshman that probably a whole lot more people have heard of, and that's Paige Becker. Yep. So Paige, you know, cover of Slam Magazine as a high school player. Um, she came into UConn as the number one recruit. Um, just a whole lot of hype around her. She's got 685,000 followers on Instagram. And by the way, side note, talking about like making money, like you'd think you'd want to like to get get on that bandwagon because seriously, you know, talk, talk about influencer status. Um, <laughs> but sorry, amateurs. Um, <laughs> but uh, so yeah, so the story throughout much of this season, um, Paige was her like her own story. It, that was a, a story in itself. Like Paige is she's making her college debut. Mm-hmm. Um, but as the season went on, um, Caitlin Clark and Iowa really started to make some noise and like all of a sudden you're seeing games where she's putting up 30 and like, she's just doing what she does. And the comparison started coming. Right. And we love a good comparison in sports. We love to see, you know, we love you're going with this. This is so much fun. (laughs) So so we love to, we love to watch, you know, Manning versus Brady. Right. We love to watch whatever Steph and LeBron. Right. We love, we love, we love um, star players. Right. And, you know, big matchups like this. So um, the debate, again, like all year is like, who's the better freshman? Who's the better player? And I'm telling you, both of them have really lived up to the hype. They really have. Um, so Paige on on the number one team in the nation, UConn, has led her team not only in minutes, but in points, in steals, in assists, in three-point percentage. And she's a freshman. So she's doing some amazing things. Um, first freshman in UConn history and think of all the great players that have gone to UConn to score 30 plus points in three straight games. Um, she's a freshman All-American. She was named to the All-American team. That's so sick. Um, there's a bit, there's only ever been three freshmen in the history of the sport to become All-Americans. One of them was Maya Moore, who also went to UConn. Yeah. Um, the other one, I believe, was Courtney Harris, I believe. Mm, yes, I think so. Um, but anyway, so my point, I say all this to say she's living up to the hype, right? <laughs> then comes Caitlin Clark. And um, like I said, she's leading D1 in scoring and she's just doing all these amazing things. And if you watch her, like you can just see, like she could easily play in the WNBA right now. She is, um, she's a little bit bigger in stature than Paige. Paige has a kind of a, a slim frame. Um, and she actually plays a lot like Steph Curry. So like deep, deep range, just um, not afraid to pull it from the logo, like legitimately sick. She's got all the moves, step backs, you know, everything. She can play ISO. She can dish it to her teammates um, and all these things. So, you know, the bracket love comes her. out. I don't know her, but I love her. I feel like <laughs> oh, you just gonna... painted a picture of the perfect person. So. <laughs> oh, you're going to, you're going to love her. 
Can you guys like, will you watch it on, on Saturday? Oh yeah, for sure. I'm literally, I'm literally taking notes and being like (laughs) putting this in my calendar, making sure like I I watch it. Like you're, I'm hyping this. Yeah, but you're painting, you're painting the picture of like, I played high school basketball. And like, when I actually thought maybe I was going to play in college, where was I going? I was going to UConn. Of course they were going to recruit me. Like that's where I was going. You know what I mean? So it's like, you're painting the picture of like exactly what like, any, you know, high school, like, aspiring female basketball player, yes. like, wants to achieve. And the fact that they're freshmen is crazy. Like, it's one thing to get recruited, A, and then and then to play at that level as a freshman. Like, you're not just, you know, redshirted on the sideline, learning, taking it all in, getting a few minutes where you can. Like, I mean, you're going right into that and, and achieving at, like, the highest level as a freshman. Like, there's three more years to play. That's crazy. It's so exciting. Right. It's so and I, exciting. I fully recognize that I'm hyping this up <laughs> so much that there is a potential for a letdown, but I really do think it's going to be a, um, a great matchup. And, uh, you know, like I said, all, all season long, these debates started to pop up and um, the, the bracket comes out and lo and behold, like, I didn't, I don't think it was a coincidence. They're in the same region and Iowa had to upset. Um, they actually had to upset Kentucky to get into the Sweet 16. So Kentucky was a, a five seed. Iowa was a six seed, um, and they dismantled them. Awesome. Like it was a blood. Wow. Clark went off for 35, and I'm watching this the other day, and <laughs> like I'm like, wow, this this chick is the real deal. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it's just I think it's really good for the sport that we have these great players and like, like Clark, um, she's from Iowa. So this is like, Oh, hometown. you know, you know, she, she's like, I'm going to go and like build my own, you know, dynasty or whatever you want to call Absolutely. it. And, and she went and she, she went and did that. And, um, I, you know, obviously I, I have an affinity for UConn and I respect the program so much and I'm so privileged to cover them. And I think Gino Oriema is just the absolute best. And, but I'm like, wow, this is, I'm on alert, you know, I'm on alert for this game. Like something, something crazy could happen. Now everyone is Maria. Everyone is now on alert (laughs) for this game. Like you said, there's other teams. There's 14 other teams. You know what? What? I know. Don't watch those. No, don't feel bad. Like you look, it's, it's, this is like the makings of one of those like epic matchups. And it's not to say there won't be other great games. Of course there will be. But like Kate and I talked about this at the beginning of the episode this is a lot of basketball to watch in a short amount of time, you know? So you do want to make sure you catch like the ones, you know what I mean? And so for you to highlight it and like, you know, talk about both of these like up and coming, like, you know, rock stars, like, yeah, you got to watch that game. Yeah. We got to be able to also like cut through. I mean, not to say it's noise. I could watch sports 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I was telling Michelle earlier when we didn't like when they're switching between men and women's, I'm like, come on, can we just play every day? And can people not go to school so we can watch you play your sport all the time, like steady flow? But yeah, yeah it, you have to cut through the noise because otherwise it turns into 24-7 watching sports all the time for March Madness. So I think I am super excited to know what like the headliner game is. And to your point, Maria, like the Brady versus like, it's the Manning-Brady thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. It, and I, I, I love. guess... I guess I, you know, I will, I'm going to mention, like I said, there's a few other teams that could, that could win this thing. And also of note, um, the region with UConn and Iowa also has um, Baylor in it. There are two seeds. Yep. They won 
couple years ago. So like whoever wins that matchup, their work's not done to like get into the final four. But I do think it's important to like, you know, I want to showcase this because I want people to discover this sport that might not have For sure. seen it otherwise. And like, I want you guys to like turn this on and I want to be calling you up next year and being like, yo, did you see like you <laughs> or whatever, or whatever's happening. Like I, I want, you know, that's how, that's how you grow the game. Yep. Right. Yep. Like you, you, you put a great game on TV and people tune in and people talk about it and buzz about it. And, and then the next thing, you know, um, you're, you're on your way. And so I'm just like, I'm legitimately like, so excited that the, the matchup, um, the matchup is in front of us. Like I said, I hope it lives up to, to this hype. Um, but you're talking about a couple of players that I believe are truly going to be the next goats. Like I'm talking about the future Diana Tarazi, like, yep. the, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they are on their way. The, the way they're playing now as freshmen, like that's, they're going to become faces of the game. And that's why I think it's so important. Now, not to continue putting you on the spot because, <laughs> but I'm going to just do it before we like wrap up this full thing because I do want to know too who you are taking your bets on. We talked about uh, in our in our men's discussion, like who are the headliner games and then where are the David versus Goliaths that feel like they're going to be a lot of fun and maybe more of a coin flip and a toss up, but the ones that you can't possibly miss. Are there any games that are coming up in the rest of the Sweet 16 that you're like really, really ready for? So... Um, like I said, it's, it's interesting. Like this whole weekend is getting tipped off with UConn, Iowa. So once you get that out of the way, then it's like free reign. Um, so as I mentioned, um, just after that Baylor, who's also in that same region, um, is playing, um, like I said, they legitimately could win it. Um, there is, um, a number one seed NC state and they were, um, they were a number one in the nation for a good part of the year. Um, but they've actually had a couple of really, really close calls. Like they almost got bounced early Mm. and, but a couple of those games. So I'm, some people are wondering, like, are they, um, you know, does that mean that they're maybe more susceptible? So something to keep an eye on there. Um, Texas A&M, Law, um, I'm sorry, they won on a buzzer beater, the only buzzer beater of the tournament mm. so far. So like they very easily could have been bounced. Um, and then I'll just, I'm almost done. I promise. <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> so, so the other, and the other teams that legitimately could win it, like, it's, it's interesting. Like South Carolina is a one seed. Yep. Um, they were, they were actually probably the favorites to win it last year, which sucks because the tournament didn't happen. Right. And, um, I don't know. I just don't know if they have enough to do it this year, but they're playing Georgia tech who um, they had an upset in their previous round to get in. And um, their coach is actually this, this woman, Nell Fortner. She's a badass. She uh, like, she coached um, the Olympic team in 2000. She's coached at a bunch of like winning programs and she, sweet. she, um, she unloaded on the NCAA in a statement about the women's players being an afterthought. Um, and then Louisville and Maryland and Stanford, like there's, there's so many teams that could legitimately win. I have to tell you, like, I don't, I'm kind of thinking all chalk in this. Like, I don't know. I can't tell you like who might, who might be (laughs) dropped. Like, I just, I'm just too, I'm too nervous to say, like, I just, I think that Georgia tech team actually is pretty hungry. So they could take, 
maybe give South Carolina a run. That's on at 1 p.m. on Sunday. So maybe look out for that. And also the Texas A&M team, the one that won on the buzzer beater, they're playing Arizona. I don't know. The fact that they won on a buzzer beater, I'm like. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to say. If you win on the buzzer beater, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I mean, it's, yeah. it's a 2-3 it's a matchup there. So like arguably they're pretty exactly. evenly matched anyway. And if you're only winning on a buzzer yes. beater, yeah, I hear you. Yeah. So that's where that's where I'm at on that. Um, yeah. And but like I said, there's a few teams there that are really, really good. And um, if if you whoever survives this UConn Iowa thing, like they're they're still going to have a long way to go. But well, a lot of our listeners for draft queens are like <laughs> by trade by trade, Michelle, I would say most of our listeners are football fans, right? Like we're a football show, but we lean into fantasy sports. And I feel like a lot of folks will really get excited. I, I mean, I am already excited about like buzzer beaters and possible upsets with Georgia Tech yeah. and like this headliner game. But for the folks who are listening who are by trade, football fans and just love sports across the board any parting thoughts that you would leave them with whether it's for women's basketball or beyond like anything that our listeners should know I just think um if this is the first time you're hearing the names of Paige Beckers and Caitlin Clark like I'm glad that I was the one to enlighten you because like you will have heard their names like I, I know that and also like I keep bringing up those two because I really do think it's the future of the sport, but also like, I have to say, I I didn't know who Caitlin Clark was a year ago and I cover women's basketball and I discovered her and watching her the other day. It was so, it, it was so impressive that I just think if you're a fan of sports, like if you see her pulling up from deep and like you see her skill set, like it's, um, for ball enthusiasts, like I just, there's nothing better. So, um, you know, I, I think if I haven't convinced you to, to turn it on <laughs> by now, <laughs> I mean, there might not be hope. <laughs> no, you have, you have more than convinced us. I'm super pumped about it. For those that didn't write this down Saturday, 1 PM on ABC. And I think I'm really glad that you broke that down for us. Talk to us about, you know, everything that's going on on the women's side of the bracket, uh, gave us some stuff to look out for. But I think that matchup in particular, you know, speaks to the top of this segment of somebody out there sees exactly what you see. And that's why they're putting that matchup on ABC at 1 p.m. on Saturday. Someone sees what you see. Someone knows that, you know, this is a really important matchup and that these are, you know, the faces of the future in the women's sport. And and. To our point earlier, they're giving them the chance. They're giving them the the yeah. primetime spot. We're not talking about it being on it, you know, 11 o'clock at night on some obscure channel. Like, yeah. they're literally right in the heart of the day when there's other stuff going yeah. on. And so it, it's really, I think, like you said, it's um, as, as many negative things have maybe been pointed out, something like this is on the positive of, you know, game recognizing game and putting this putting this game on on primetime on Saturday as part of the Sweet 16 hopefully is is something that we can you know be looking more for in the future and thank you so much for blessing us with all of this knowledge and enthusiasm I truly feel like you're the third draft queen and we never even met until right now it's crazy this was awesome Awesome, awesome. My heart. My heart. <laughs> I feel so special getting that designation and um like I know I probably rambled on a bit longer than was uh 
was intended, but I just hope my, um, my genuine excitement for this shines through because that's how strongly I feel about it. hundred percent. So well, thank you. Thank you for, for the interest. And I, I appreciate you guys having me on and I'm glad we could finally make this happen. Well, Maria and all of our listeners, of course, as always, you know where to find us at the draft Queens and at the underscore draft Queens on Twitter. Cause we can't get the actual handle, but if they're looking for our third draft queen during <laughs> basketball season, Maria, where can our listeners find you? Well, believe it or not, Maria Marino is quite a popular. <laughs> I am. I feel you on this struggle. My Twitter handle is at Maria C Marino. I needed my, my middle initial in there to differentiate. So that's where you can find me. Well, thank you for being part of this. We are so excited for this time next year when we can bring you on again and hopefully even sooner. And to all of our lovely, lovely listeners, as always, thank you for joining us. We will see you next Friday, 8 a.m. Tune in.